Welcome back to the Chronicles of Critics. I'm your host, Caleb, and I'm joined by my friends and co-hosts, Connor and Andy. We are on a mission to find the best movie of all time, based on the average Joe's perspective. We will be reviewing and rating some of the world's most beloved movies on a scale of 1 to 100, based on the metrics of entertainment, education, and influence, to find out which is truly the best film of all time. So, do you want to take a leap of faith or become an old man filled with regret, waiting to die alone? We're waiting for a train or something like that. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know what this train Close. business is but here, but Second I, I came here to watch a movie about dreams, and now there's trains. <laughs> Wait, there's more. Is your dead wife coming back to haunt you? Oh, oh got it. Oh, I sure hope not. No way, it's a heist movie. It's not a haunted movie. Well, you're right. Wow, dang. Oh, it just blew my mind already. Yeah. Already. <laughs> if you haven't guessed already, tonight we are reviewing Inception, the, the movie of dreams, as we call it. Also known <laughs> as the quintessential dream movie. Yes. Yes, we can say it here right now. This is the quintessential you dream movie. Heard it here, right here. Yep. Okay. The 11, official statement of Chronicles of Critics. 11 years after its release, the quintessential dream movie. <laughs> I think it's safe to say, you know. It's We're probably like, the first people to ever say that. You know, right? you know when people, people ask, like, is it too soon? Well, obviously, it's not too it's soon. It's not too because soon. Because it might be too late. <laughs> might be too, too late. late. <laughs> I don't know. That's what we're doing tonight. I mean, we reviewed the world's best movies. We're trying to find the top 100 and rank them in a row. So let's find out where this one rates. Um, later on, we're going to look at our scores in entertainment, education, and influence. But first, let's just have a general discussion. Talk about our likes and dislikes, things you noticed about the movie that maybe don't fit in a certain category, but you want to get said. Let's open it up. Um, Connor, what do you what do you have to say about this movie? So I have to say, just deciding on which Christopher Nolan movie to talk about oh, was is just something to like just just a discussion all on its own. Yeah. Like literally. Yeah. Just oh, between Interstellar and all the Dark Knight movies. Oh, I know. And even Tenet his Tenet just came out. Tenet. Oh. That's I would say the Tenet's very similar to this one. Yeah. Mind like, bending. It's mind bending. Mind bending, thought provoking. <laughs> I mean, yeah, literally. <laughs> I've never seen Interstellar, but I intend to watch it Ooh. so that we can review it on this podcast. So yes. good. <laughs> so good. Oh, but overall, I mean, man, I literally remember not knowing very much about this movie, going into the theaters to watch it. This is one that I actually saw in the theaters. And just being absolutely blown away and telling everyone, like, you got to go see this movie. And then, like, six months later, my brother after telling him multiple times how great this movie was, went to go see the movie, didn't think it was that great. No way. What? Because <laughs> wow. I think he was at the end, the hype train. Yeah. No, yeah, no pun intended. The hype train, yeah. Which is the worst place to be on the hype train. You're the waiting for train. the train to You want to get ran over. You want to get your heads crushed by this hype train. Yeah, That's where you want to be. <laughs> at the early age, not the old age. You don't want to be old age Dom here, okay? You no. want to be young Dom. <laughs> young Leo. <laughs> Andy, did you have like a personal experience with this movie that you want oh, to share? Oh, yeah. I, I remember seeing it in theaters as well. I was in high school, so I was probably like 16, 17. And I, yeah, I just remember my, my mind just being blown. 
And then I think I saw it twice because I, I saw it the first time. I'm like, oh, gosh, I need to see it again. And I just went like a couple weeks later. But definitely one of those mind-blowing movies. And I don't remember, like, I've been trying to think about if I saw a trailer for it or anything, like, what led me to go see this movie? Because yeah. to, to me, like, with Christopher Nolan, like, I, you know, I was probably too young to really care about directors and stuff. I was still like, yeah, oh, Steven you. Spielberg, you know? But, <laughs> I mean, Christopher Nolan did just come off doing Dark Knight. Um, and then there's another one I think he did right before this. But to me, like, I only remember Dark Knight. Um, he, he did one before the night Dark Knight series. Any guesses? Anyone know what this movie is? It was like pre-famous Christopher Nolan. Mm, I think like I. Bef- it, is it off-brand for him? It's like it's not his typical type no, of movie. It, it is on-brand for him. Really? Um, the following. No. What is that movie? It's a Christopher Nolan movie. Really? Yeah. Oh, I've never even heard of it's that. It's actually really interesting. I'm gonna say <laughs> something about it oh, later. I don't. Ooh, maybe, stay tuned. Stay but, tuned. No, Memento. Have you guys ever seen yes. Memento? Yes. I don't think I have. That one is no. amazing. On brand for Christopher Nolan and wild. Like, the movie literally goes backwards in time. Like, Interesting. And it's not Tenet, all right? You don't watch <laughs> yeah, not that, that kind of backwards. Yeah, so goes walking backwards in time. In time. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> no, no. It literally, like, goes backwards in time. Incredible movie. Incredible. And it was, like, pre-famous Christopher Nolan. Pre-Batman. Pre-Batman. Cree. Cree. Batman. Cree-Batman. No, that would be Cree. an interesting universe Marvel. mashup. Cree. I am the Cree. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, I think I have probably the most odd experience with this movie because I have no idea why. But I didn't see this movie in theaters. What? What? I don't know how I missed this. Yeah, you missed Who the hype train. I, yeah, <laughs> yeah <laughs> did. literally. Like, <laughs> I remember trying to watch it multiple times with a buddy of mine. We, like, rented it. And... I think I tried watching it two or three times, but every time I tried, it was like we were hanging out after work, and it was like 11 o'clock at night, and I would fall asleep during Uh, the movie. that's fair. Which was actually pretty interesting. Falling asleep during a mind-bending movie about dreams. I remember having some crazy dreams (laughs) during (laughs) those nights. But it definitely took me three watches to actually see it through the whole way. Mm -hmm. Um. And it also cost me, I think, $27 at Redbox because I didn't return it. (laughs) So, uh, yeah, that was a weird um, experience for me. But I definitely loved it from the second I saw it. It's it's always been on my, like, top ten list of favorite movies, actually. Yeah, I would say this is up there for me, too. Like, for sure. I remember um, when I was, like, collecting all my DVDs and, like when I was finally old enough to like buy DVDs and like have my own collection, I was like, I need Inception. Like stat. Dude, that was me too. I have the Inception DVD at home and I don't even watch DVDs. Like, <laughs> it's like a trophy. It's a point of pride. Like for real. Actually, the last time I watched this movie um, before the podcast was like six months ago and I watched it on the DVD and I was like, wow, the quality is really poor. Oh no. <laughs> oh no. Wow. Well, I want to share a thought from one of our listeners who commented Ooh. on the post, um, his experience with the movie. Um, Brandon Barry 861 said, I remember seeing it in IMAX in 2010, Ooh, and it just it. blew me away. I Ooh. had to go see it at least another two times to see if I missed anything. My favorite scene would be the hotel scene where everyone is fighting on the walls and stuff. Is, it was just mind-blowing. I love the direction of Christopher Nolan. I love the cinematography, acting, and of course... Hans Zimmer score. Yeah. Hans Zimmer score. Yeah. Oh, you mean 
<laughs> I don't notice that stuff. I don't know if Which, why you guys notice no, that. No, no, hold on. I, I will say this movie I feel like is famous for the boin. Anytime yeah. there's a parody or someone's making fun of this movie, they go to the boins. Really? But yeah. in reality, I, I watched this movie earlier today. It does not have that many boins, okay? I know it really doesn't. It really doesn't. It's like some two scenes, okay? All the boins come out, stick out to me. Yeah, man. I just like they're just so not powerful. Me. Like, what what kind of audio are you listening? Are you listening on like a giant surround sound thing or something? Like, <laughs> no, like you have my a settings correct on your TV. My crappy TV, man. I like <laughs> <laughs> I'm watching it, and it's just like. And every time I hear a In every other movie I'm like Are they copying the score of Inception? Yeah (laughs) Totally I don't know how you don't notice that I I definitely don't notice it But I will say this So I think Especially with Christopher Nolan I think he's the kind of director Where his movies Are better I would say this is for like Most movies in general too But Especially with his movies Are best experienced in the theater like mm, yeah. um, Dunkirk for sure. Dunkirk, like that movie, surround sound, like IMAX. I was like terrified that it was awesome. <laughs> Planes are coming for you. Yeah, yeah. You know, I don't think I've like ever been to a real IMAX movie before. Really? Yeah. You never went and saw like deep space exploration in like sixth grade? Yeah. For like a field trip? No. See, you <laughs> know what? I had some friends down the street that were like like weirdly religious, and they took me to like an ocean. Thing one time in IMAX and that was mm-hmm. it. Interesting. Was wow. it. it wasn't a real movie. It was like an ocean documentary in IMAX. Thing. I will say though, you know why? Because you go to Harkins. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> the, we're the, too devoted. The AMC by your close to where you live is an IMAX one. Is so, it really? Yeah. What? Oh man, I'll check that. Yeah, out. definitely check it out. Check I love our IMAX. Yeah. Oh yeah. Um, other random thoughts. So. When Christopher Nolan was writing the movie, he there it was like an early script. It was like a like a horror, a haunting movie. Mm. You know, I heard that it was supposed to be like a horror or like yeah, a, yeah, which makes sense. Like all the the different aspects with his wife with Mal, like mm, you can Mal you can definitely. Re- <laughs> Yeah, we're gonna talk about the bad Mal. Mal? It's Mal. It's Mal. Is it short for like Molly? Darth Mal? No, I think her name is Mal. And I want to know what is her full name? Darth Mal. What stupid? (laughs) I know Darth. Darth Mal. Mal. What did I say? Mal. Mal. Like well, like Mal is like bad in Spanish. So maybe that's something you got going on there. I don't know. I'm gonna search real quick. I mean, if if that's really what it's from, I mean, like that's poor writing on Chris's fault. Okay. (laughs) I don't know. He he was pretty thorough with this movie. I don't think he could (laughs) have left anything out. Yeah. There's got to be some sort of symbolism with naming a person Mal. All right, maybe because Maul, like mauling someone. It seems like a, like he goes by Dom and his name is Dominic, right? So it seems like a shortened version of her name. Short for Mollery. (laughs) Mollery. Anyway, what were you saying about just that? It's that kind of lends to the scariness of it, Andy. The sequences with okay, I'm gonna butcher her name. I'm gonna keep saying Mal. All right, Mal. Okay, Mal. Let's go to the mall. Yeah, let's go to yeah, the mall. Like, That's her name. <laughs> okay, so, I mean, the, the, the scenes with Maul are, are kind of freaky, right? Yeah, and you look at freaky. Dom, like, oh, he, yeah. she is legit haunting him, like, throughout the entire movie. If it wasn't for the, the heist aspect, yeah. this would be, like, you know, a movie 
like a haunting movie. Yeah, I mean, she's like know? a ghost. She's basically yeah, she a, ghost. Is a ghost. Yeah, yeah, and it's like, um, I feel like she when she does appear, like it, you could easily transform those scenes into like a, a jump scare kind of thing, which isn't Christopher Nolan's kind of thing, but. Um, I did Dude. read that before. So when he, he first came up with the idea for Inception, like he had just finished doing a different movie that was more of a, like a scary flick. And so I think he was probably fresh off of like that movie. And when he was developing this one, they kind of mm. carried over similar themes, but then, you know, as years go by, he changed the script and, um, turned into an awesome heist movie. Yeah. I like, I want to say that he had the idea for this movie for a long time. Yeah. And just never made it and just continued to kind of work at the story and and keep going through this until he finally was able to craft. Mm-hmm. Yeah, like which coming is, off of The Dark Knight. Oh, yeah, like right. The one of the best superhero movies there is. Sorry. Yep. Sure. Sorry, it's, it's there. No, All I right. agree with that statement. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah. <laughs> but and comes into like freaking Inception goes comes off of Dark Knight into Inception. Like literally. Yeah. Yeah. I have one thought that I want to get out there. Okay. And I want to know if you guys have like run into this, but I feel like a lot of people think that the term inception is referring to the dream within a dream concept. Hold on, hold on. Before you go forward. No. What do you think it is? What inception actually is, is when you plant an idea in somebody's mind. That's what Inception yeah, is. Yeah. It, is it when you plant an idea? Yeah, that's yeah. It's the whole point of the movie. He's Action. saying, like, is it possible? And he's like, yes, it's possible. And everyone's like, no, it's impossible. And he's like, yes, it's possible because I did it to my wife and I made her believe that she, like, her reality wasn't real. That was Inception. Mm. And they did Inception on Fisher to make him get the idea to break up his father's company. But I feel like when people reference Inception, they're referring to a dream within a dream. Like I'll have people say, "Oh, look, it's a it's a pumpkin inside of a pumpkin. It's pumpkinception," and it's like oh. that's that's their use of the word. You but know it's what? like that's, that's fair. not actually okay. no. and true. I'm, I'm guilty of that because I know that <laughs> I knew that like the inception, the concept of inception in the movie was the idea of planting an idea in someone's mind. But I still use that. <laughs> oh, it's pumpkinception. Yeah. I would say I, I use it totally different. I, I use it more as someone entering your mind to it, like to extract information from your dream. Okay, your but that's, that's extraction. Why, yes. And yeah. That's how I use like the term inception. Like, are you trying to inset me? Like, trying to extract something from my subconscious or something? <laughs> but that's not inception. I know. Either. I know. I know. <laughs> and after watching it today, I was like, okay, like I know exactly in what inception is. That is planting like an idea in someone's head. Yeah. And I will say that was what Cobb was trained in. He was a trained extractor. That's what yes. his job was typically. This inception thing was out of his realm of expertise, and it's like never been done before. So that's yes. why it was like such a big deal. But he's been doing this for a long time, invading people's dreams, extracting information. That's what he tried to do to Saito. Like mm-hmm. in the very beginning. Yeah. yeah. Okay. And the dream within a dream. I do get why people think that's what inception means, because that's like the method of how you incept somebody is the, the deeper you go down, the more easy it is to plant the or for the idea to take, you know? Yeah. yeah. So it's a little nuanced, but. I just wanted to get that out there. Like, public service announcement, Inception does not mean a dream within a dream. (laughs) (laughs) See, the thing that's interesting, though, is that the actual definition of Inception 
is like it's basically like a starting point. Yeah. It's the beginning of an idea. Since its inception, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, so, it's always been this yeah. since its inception. So it's very interesting that they would do that. I mean, because I guess, I mean, you can say that based on that definition, like you're you're starting an idea in someone's head. Yeah. In someone's mind. And so that's where, I don't know. Oh, that's good. I just thought that yeah. was very interesting. I don't always I, think like, of like the real the definition when yeah. I think of that movie. That's funny. Any other random likes or dislikes? Um, Tom Hardy. Yes. Yeah. Tom the cast. Hardy. I, I love the Tom Hardy for sure. I love Leonardo DiCaprio. He's probably my favorite actor of all time. And Joseph Gordon-Levitt. Like, I always forget that he exists. Like, I haven't seen him. <laughs> <laughs> like, we're roasting Joseph Gordon-Levitt but tonight. he is in a movie. Like, I'm like, gosh, I love this guy. Like, where has he been? Like, I haven't seen him recently. Dude, actually, during this time of, like, Inception, he, like, I feel like he made a come up and he was in a bunch of movies. Yeah. And now he's gone. Yes. He is. I have not seen him or heard from him in a long time. I will say about Tom Hardy, I've said it before and I'll say it again. If he's in a movie, that is a huge like bonus for like me going to see that movie. If he's yeah, in it, say that too. I will see it even if I'm not interested in the movie. Like, it's and true. His, like his scene, standards, yeah. one of his scenes is my favorite in the movie where he's like, you mustn't be afraid to dream a bit bigger, darling. And he pulls out that like rocket launcher oh, or whatever, yeah. grenade <laughs> launcher. That was like one of the best moments in this movie. Yeah. <laughs> so good. Something else I liked about this movie was just like their explanation of the dreams and how when Cobb is teaching Ariadne about the dreams, like, oh, you know how you can never trace the genesis of a dream or it's, it's like trying to remember a dream when you wake up and uh, how like some things, they don't seem strange in a, in a dream when you're dreaming it at the time. It's only after you wake up that you realize it was strange. And it's like, I love that he's like putting in these aspects of actual dreams because sometimes movies will come up with a concept or a, a theme and they just totally leave it like they don't really talk about it that much. Like yeah. perfect example would be, you ever seen the movie Downsizing with Matt? Is it? Um, I kind of no, watched it, so. but it was not very good. So it I, was terrible. I didn't watch very much of it. And the idea was that they shrink people down so that their cost of living would be less. And it's like a way to get out of debt. And mm -hmm. they're like six inches tall or something. Yeah. And I'm like, oh, oh great. Wow. I want to see a movie where like, oh, he's got a giant banana. And, and oh, he's like playing around with the size of things. Like mm -hmm. I thought that'd be really cool. But it was absolutely none of that. They no. totally dropped that. And it was like basically watching a normal movie. Yeah. Because but once they shrunk down, tiny. everything else was shrunk yeah. down. So it's like, but in this movie, they took the dream theme and they went with it. You know, they, they, they leaned into it and there's like, oh, everything was cool about the dream. And they explained the mechanics of it and mm -hmm. brought things from real life. I, I just really enjoyed that piece of it. Interesting. I know. Yeah. I like the whole concept of that, of how do I say this? Like going into your dreams mm -hmm. and not only being able to fall asleep and dream, but to control your dreams consciously. And that it's like not, lucid dreaming. it's not just like they've like integrated it into the world. I mean, we saw it with the people in the basement, people that have done it so much that they can no longer dream. Normally they, and that they, they lose that and they crave that. Mm. They crave that so much that they have to artificially replicate that and go yeah. and and go into this weird guy's basement 
and get put to sleep <laughs> yeah. on a weird <laughs> on on a stinking dirty bed, a dirty a dirty used bed, like. Yeah. Uh, and those needles, man. Yeah, I'm sure hope sure hope they're not reusing needles. Oh yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It reminded me of like like hard drugs, like heroin or something. Like these yeah. people are yeah, addicts. It's true. Mm-hmm. They're yeah. they're addicted to dreams, man. Addicted God, to dreams. dreams. Something else I liked about this movie was the use of humor. Like, by yeah. no means is this a funny movie, mm-hmm. but when there was a humorous moment, I think it was done well. Like, little things. Like, when uh, when Joseph Gordon-Levitt's like, kiss me. To like, oh. Oh, yeah, right. Distract like, them. He's like, oh, hide. worth a shot. Worth a shot. <laughs> <laughs> and she's like, oh, really? Okay. Yeah. And then even when, he, when Cobb meets Tom Hardy's character and he's like, you can rub them together all you want. They're not going to meet. It's like, that's kind of a funny <laughs> line that's, it's not meant to get a laugh really, but it's yeah. like, huh, that's, it kind of brings some levity to it. And, uh, one of my favorite ones was when they get into the dream, the big dream in the first place and mm-hmm. it's raining and they're like, you couldn't have peed before you oh, yeah. went under. <laughs> oh yeah. Like, <laughs> I noticed this time it shows him before they go under. Yeah. He like, like chugs, like yeah, chugging a champagne, champagne thing, like the last oh, bit of it. no way. Yeah. Really? Yep. I did not catch yeah. that. And Tom was like, too much free champagne, huh? <laughs> and then. That's funny because I did catch that too. Him like downing it beforehand. He's like, "Yeah, might as well drink some because it's going to take a while." Yeah. But one of my favorite funny moments, um, just like yeah, like the witty humor. But it's when um, Cobb and what Ariadne is that her name? Ariadne. 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 Name. Yeah. There you go. <laughs> Not name. Nay. Nay. Okay. Nay. It's like so, a Greek goddess. Okay. So nay. when they like when Cobb is like showing her around. Um, just like the dream world, like to begin with. And when she starts changing things and sh- she's like, Oh, why are people, you know, staring at me now? It's like, Oh, you're changing things. And they're looking for the, you know, the person who's changing it. Mm. And then, you know, they keep getting more aggressive. And then she's like, will they attack us? And Leo's like, no, they won't attack us or they'll only attack you. Yeah. Just <laughs> you, yeah, just, like, you. <laughs> just, nope, just you. Yeah. That was great. <laughs> so what's so funny is like that scene where she's like changing things and she makes, makes that like bridge. So one an episode of Parks and Rec, if you ever watch that show, is like Ben Ben and Leslie like go on a trip to Paris and they're like walking around and all of a sudden it like pans over to Ben who's like, you know, known in the show for being like this nerd and he's like it just pans over to him and he's like, Wow, I never thought that I would ever see this in my lifetime. And it goes over and it's that like mirror bridge from Inception. No way. And I was like, I was like, yes, that would totally be me. Like yes. if I go to Paris, I don't want to see the Eiffel Tower. I want to see the bridge from the Inception. The random bridge. Like, <laughs> oh, that's great. That's, uh, I've seen that show like twice. How have I not noticed that Have before? you not noticed no. that? No. He's oh. like, he's like the bridge from Inception. Yeah. yeah. That's awesome. And you're like, look at it. I'm like, yeah, that's it, man. I want to <laughs> well, go there too. That's funny. I will say, too, speaking about, like, the projections and stuff, I thought that was really clever how um, they kind of tell that story of the Cobal Engineering, this, like, mysterious company who's, like, always following Cobb and, like, trying to hunt him down and, you know, kill him and stuff, and how it kind of is similar to how the projections would react to a dreamer to make, it's, like, further enforcing the idea of, like, what is real? Mm-hmm. Is this this thing that presenting as real life, is that really real? Because this is what happens in dreams, too. And even, Maul even says that at one point when she's like, she points that out to him. Like, you're always running from this mysterious corporation, just like the projections hunt for a dreamer. Like, you know, like mm-hmm. she says that. Yeah. And I think that was really clever how 
just how well he plays with that idea of what's yeah. real and what's not. Yeah. But is he wait, is he running from a corporation or is he running from the government? No, Cobalt Engineering is the place he yeah. works for, and he failed them. Mm-hmm. He was supposed oh, to extract okay, information right, from right. Saito. He yeah. failed that, and they were going to kill him for it. That's yeah. right. Yeah, and then he went to go work for Saito. And, exactly. Yeah. A couple like really quick random things that I just have to say when he's giving Ariadne the test to build the maze that he has to solve like in a certain amount of time. Mm-hmm. She's like right in the maze, like no garbage, try again, and she's like oh, okay. And then when she finally like has the idea, like, oh, I'll draw a circle maze, and that's how I'll get him, she turns the notebook over and draws on the back of the notebook. She doesn't draw on a page. Does she really? Yeah, which is like, okay, I, it's because the notebook is like a grid pattern, but I'm like, you can't draw a circle on a grid? Like, what kind of architect are you? <laughs> I know, come on. Uh, and I'm just like, oh, you can't do that. No, you can't draw on the back of a notebook. That's like... I've always... I was wondering, <laughs> that's something that I pick up on when she is like, okay, I'll get him this time. And she like makes a very intentional flip of the thing. Yeah. And then I, I didn't catch what she was doing. I didn't catch that she was... Flipping it over to the back of the notebook. So that's interesting. I think it's yeah. indicating that she's thinking outside the box. Okay. Like nobody outside draws the on the back of... That's like people who eat uh, Kit Kat bars with, without breaking them. They just take a bite of them, you yeah, know? Yeah, yeah. I uh, think she's... the worst. <laughs> and that's what I thought when she drew on the back. I was like, oh, no, you can't do that. That's <laughs> wrong. But I think it was their way of indicating that she's like thinking outside the box. Okay. Gotcha. And that she would be a good architect. Okay. okay. Hmm. And on that same... Like thought, I love how they play with like the paradox of the stairs. Like he uses these, um, I don't know, these illusions, these optical illusions in the film to deepen the dreams and and like play with that a little more. So again, he's sticking with the theme of dreams and all the things you can do inside a dream. And I I will say, I'm glad nobody was flying. In the dream. Yeah. I feel like it's the number one thing. Like, if I'm in a dream and I can control it, I'm going to fly. I'm so glad they didn't go that route. That was so weird. Like, the Matrix all of a sudden. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) All of a sudden, Neo can fly around the world. Okay. (laughs) It's all simulation. (laughs) The Um, final final random thought I had um, was just, at one point in the movie... Leo's character, Cobb, is running from the Cobalt Engineering, and he, like, goes down this, like, really tight hallway... And it's very clear he's like struggling to get through the yeah. hallway. Like, <laughs> they're gonna shoot him, and he's like, he's like just struggling so hard. But it's like, um, like put, trying to put a football into a uh, into a closed space, and like it won't fit long ways. But just turn it on its side, and it'll fit easily. Or like yeah. the Millennium Falcon whoosh, going on its side. Oh yeah, I'm like. Just turn on your side, you know what? and you would have plenty of room. Why are you struggling like this? I have literally, that has been, like, in my mind from the beginning, from the first time I it's saw this movie, too, because yes. I thought that was so stupid. Literally, I know. Just turn it on its side, and you just turn over. Like, can you not walk? That's, I, yeah, that, that's true, because I feel like when I watch that scene, I, am, I imagine my body in there, and I'm just like... Moving the direction it needs to go in order to fit. Yeah. It's like frustrating watching <laughs> him struggle. Through it's that. so frustrating. <laughs> and it's so weird. My brothers and I like reference that all the time. For it just comes up all the yeah. time. Like, oh, it's so stupid. Just like when he was running through the hallway. But I will say again with my nitpicks, I I see maybe what they were trying to do here is make it seem like one of those dream paradox things. You know, we're like, oh, it. It looks like there's plenty of space to go through this hallway, but he's struggling. He can't do it. Mm. Like, like in a dream when you're trying is to like that, punch you, somebody. You think that's what they were trying to do. Well, 
I mean, I'm just, I'm just theorizing here, but I'm saying that could very well be like them playing with the idea of like reality breaking down. Yeah. Like the reality is that's plenty of space to go through, but he's struggling so hard. And I was saying like, you ever in a dream where you're like trying to punch someone, like you're in a fight with somebody Mm -hmm. and you like, you try to punch them and you're like going in super slow-mo and you just can't land a punch. Yeah. Mm -hmm. My thing is running. I I, can't, I was trying to run. So I I feel like maybe that's what they were doing here, but it did come off pretty dumb. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Well, I got all my thoughts out. Do you guys have anything else? Yeah. I got, I got plenty to say for the, for a category. So, okay, cool. Save for that. Well, let's hop into it. Um, you're going to start us off, Andy, with entertainment. Yeah, but shouldn't we hear from our promo first? We definitely should. And now, a word from our sponsors. Don't sleep on the promo. From the makers of Deadly Nightshade, we bring you Cobb's Melatoninception. Are you tired of your dead wife haunting your own dreams? Ugh, cause I am. Escape your reality by visiting our center. Located in the basement of a dirty chemist lab, choose from one of 30 gently used beds during your stay. Come dream with our architects. We offer several packages, including dreams, dreams within dreams, dreams within a dream within a dream, and limbo! People come here to be woken up. Waiting for a train. <laughs> this again? Okay. I just can't, man. It's just so... <laughs> Will somebody please read that quote? Okay. We need to get I that mean, quote out there. I'll find it. All right. Um, All right. I got you. You're waiting for a train, but the train never comes. No, I said read the quote. Oh, yeah, yeah. Right. Not so make it up? <laughs> no, don't make it up. You're waiting for a train, a train that'll take you far away. You know where you hope this train will take you, but you can't know for sure. Yet it doesn't matter. That now quote, tell me why. Oh, now tell me why. That quote messed me up. I don't know why. That quote messed me up so much during this movie. When, I, when she said that, when they kept saying it, I was like, what does it mean? Yeah. How, how does it relate? And I was like, it's clearly important, and it's like an analogy for something. And I, I just could not wrap my mind yeah. around you that quote. You know what it means, right? It no. means that nothing ever matters because everything is a dream. And no, who cares if you die? All right? That's... <laughs> That's what it means. Thank you for sharing the deeper meaning, Connor. You're welcome. I can always count on you. Nothing <laughs> matters. We should all die. That's <laughs> that's um, that's Mal's. That's Mal's. That's Mal's outlook. Mal's outlook. Actually, so it says right here. So, what is Mal's response to Cobb saying that to her? Ooh. Um, because it doesn't matter. Because you'll be together. Yes. Yeah. Oh. Because oh. We'll but what if you're alone? You. Yeah. Then. Then nothing. Then really this matters. quote is not for you. Yeah, oh yeah. Okay. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's like it's a riddle. It's like but a riddle? if you were saying this riddle, it sounds like it comes off, comes across as a, as a riddle. I, I feel like it does. Thirty-two yeah, horses on a white hill or something. So <laughs> Humpty Dumpty was we'll on a wall. <laughs> <laughs> is that even a riddle? <laughs> it's a nursery rhyme. <laughs> anyway, let's get into our categories, right. Andy. In the category of entertainment, I gave this 100 points. Of course Ooh, you did. Yeah, of I'm not surprised. Oh, One well, bit. Well, <laughs> okay, let me, let me say why. This is my reasoning, okay? 
Simple one-line sentence. This movie was mind-boggling, enjoyable, crazy to watch. Ooh, Ooh. I thought you were going to say, this movie is entertaining. Oh, and it's also the definitive, <laughs> what do we say? The definitive dream movie. Ooh! The definitive. <laughs> the There's definitive. no need to make another dream movie at this point. It Inception is. did it okay, the best. Okay, you heard yeah, it here first, guys. It is now the quintessential and definitive Quintessential definitive. Dream I guess that movie. goes into influence, but that's what makes it entertaining. But even, so I think <laughs> I've seen this, I think it's like the fourth time I've seen this movie. And I I know what happens, right? So I, we, I look back to um, The Sixth Sense where it's like, okay, I already know what happens. And it kind of ruins it. But with this movie, I still get confused like a lot trying to watch really? it. trying to keep up with okay which state are they in um well it's also it's been like 10 years probably since i've seen it last or not 10 like maybe like six or seven years since i saw it oh, last so it's been a while wow so well obviously i know exactly what happens i know you know like how it ends but trying to keep up with like when they're in reality and then like being like Okay, you know, they just, you know, they did the kicker to this next sequence. Okay, now they're back in reality. And it's like, oh, wait, no, they're not. You know, he's catching the carpet and stuff like that. So it's, it's, just, a, it's just a ride for me um, rewatching when I rewatch yeah. it today. So um, that and, and yeah. I feel like yeah. movies today, like it, the, the graphics, the CGI hasn't changed that much. And since they did, like, incorporate those special effects into it, or those practical effects, um, I makes me appreciate this movie more. So, dude, Christopher Nolan is like the king of practical effects. Oh God, yes! Like great mixture of of CGI versus practical. Yeah, like, literally, like then, which probably contributes to its timelessness. Mm-hmm. Why you can look at this twelve years later, 10, 11 years later, and it's still just a beautiful movie. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. And I mean, that goes, a lot of it also just goes into the, the directing and the performance of the actors, um, into what made this movie great. Like you got a, a stellar cast working together Tom and Hardy. yeah, you got Tom Hardy, like <laughs> I said, Leo, um, jo- Joseph Gorvin, Gordon Levitt, GRL, <laughs> GRL, GRL. <laughs> Um, no, JRL. J. George Joseph. JG. JGL. Wow. Joseph I can't even. That's Jordan. a tongue GRL. GRL. JRL. JG. JGL. There we go. Joseph Gordon. Love it. Anyway. J. Gordon. Yeah, like them working together with Christopher Nolan on this. Like I, the, the, um, the writing was fantastic. Like I can't really nitpick anything about the writing. Like if yeah. the only thing we're nitpicking is like the score and the wah wahs, like, <laughs> which I still don't, I need mean, next time I watch it, I'll have to look for those or listen for them. But just listen to the soundtrack, man. Yeah. Um, just it's all. Yeah. I can't, I, I feel like this movie is just, like I said, it's just a ride. Like every time I watch it, it's a, it's a wild ride and it makes me like question the movie, like it, a movie that makes you think the entire time. I love that. And I love being entertained. What's your like, favorite this movie scene is in the entertaining. movie? Oh like, yeah. I, I want to know. Scene. What's your favorite scene? Favorite scene? Oh, that's a good question. I was trying to think about that earlier, like coming on my way over here. I was like, what would my favorite scene in this movie be? And I still can't really think of one. Really? Yeah. Really? Oh, you'll have to let us you know. You just love the whole movie. You guys have one? I do. I oh. do too. 
Yeah. Interesting. I'll let you guys know. I'll All right. About so it right now. 100 out of 100. Yeah. Yeah. What do you give it, Connor? All right. Are you ready? 95. 95. 95. Yeah. Ooh, you know what? I pray. It is so good. It is so good. And I probably should have given it 100. But Probably. Probably. I, yep. I, should, have, I should just hop on this bandwagon. <laughs> but 95. All right. And the, you know, the only reason I actually dock it five points is for the score. And it's not the really? reason you think. All right. You would think it's because of all the wah-wahs. But <laughs> you know what? <clears throat> I remember, like, I don't know what it was, like, you know, years after the movie came out and hearing something that sounded similar to the Inception score of like the uh-huh. and so I had this idea in my head built up of like yeah I'm gonna go watch Inception so that I can like hear some like intense like deep like bass rattle music you know <laughs> and when I watched it, it like you said earlier Kay, there's only like two of them it wasn't as deep and rattling as I wanted it to be all right, I may make fun of it, but you know what? It works and it kills and I love it. But because it wasn't like going back and rewatching it, there wasn't as many wah wahs as I would <laughs> be. I want more wah wah. I got a dock at five yep. points. All five right, points. I want more. Gotcha, gotcha. Wah-wah. I got a fever, and the only prescription is more wah. <laughs> <laughs> well, why did you give it such a high score then? Honestly, I mean, a lot of the same reasons Andy said. It's just an amazing movie. Literally, just the concept, the story of how deep and thought-provoking. That's one thing that I really love about a movie is a movie that makes you think. Mm -hmm. Like, if Mm -hmm. I can sit down and, like, I mean, of course, I'm not always in the mood for a movie like this, but just, like, be blown away by the story, and it brings me me to something new. forces me to think in a new way, learn something new, or just have to concentrate a little bit harder, you know, mm-hmm. <laughs> it just is what I dream and what I love about it, about a movie. Mm-hmm. Um, and of course, Tom Hardy. Yeah. Tom Hardy. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That, I mean, that that's all like, I had to say. Yeah, that's like 20 points right there. Like, that's like 50 points. Yeah. Right <laughs> <there>. like, <laughs> it's like half my score. It's just yeah. Tom Hardy. Like, Tom Hardy. Perfect. Um, favorite scene is actually the cafe scene. Is yes. where he's like oh, showing yeah. uh, Ariadne. Do I say that right, Caleb? Yeah, you got it. Ari- Ariadne, 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 um, <laughs> <laughs> the the dream, you know, the dream sequence, and and they're at the cafe, and all of a sudden the whole like cafe starts blowing up, and yeah. you know the 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 city like rises up in the wall, and it goes. Wah. <laughs> that was one of the one of the two. Wah. Of course, your favorite yep. scene had to have the wall. Had to have the wall, man. <laughs> your Which is up too loud. The cafe scene. <laughs> I'm pretty sure that was practical effects too. So when they was, blew what? up that stuff, I was going to get See, into that. Great. So I, love I remember watching. I don't know where I watched this. It must have been in the theaters. Remember when they used to do like a kind of like a behind the scenes thing about movies. Yeah. Like before the previews, mm-hmm. like while you're sitting there waiting for the previews, they would do behind the scenes of different movies. Um, I think it's where I watched that, but they, they talked about Christopher Nolan talked about trying to find a city like in, they were in Europe trying to find a city that would let them blow up the street. Like, (laughs) like literally like, so that was a real street that they found that he like, like worked it out with the city and they put like little like explosives underneath the street and then they straight up blew it up. That's so cool. Totally worth it. 
Yeah. It totally was worth, worth it. it. Worth it. <laughs> <laughs> so that that whole scene and literally just ugh, like like that connection of like watching that behind the scenes and then watching it in in the movie was incredible. Mm-hmm. Incredible. 95 yeah. out of 100. Nice. Nice. Yeah, I wrote that down. Um my three top scenes have already been said. It's the the tumbling scene in the car. I thought that was really cool how they played with gravity within the dream. Mm-hmm. And then ooh, ooh. the uh, the explosion scene on the cafe. Yep. That was awesome. It's a great and then scene. my favorite um, part with Tom Hardy is the dream a bit bigot, darling. <laughs> 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 um, but one of our listeners, Jakey Laux, agrees with you, Connor, in that he found this movie visually stunning, thought-provoking, like you ooh, said, thought-provoking. Mm-hmm. and heartfelt. Yeah. Mm, yeah. Which I thought, like, oh, that's... That's interesting. I wouldn't, uh, that wouldn't be one of the top words I would use to describe this movie, yeah. but he's right. When you think about it. Yeah. Yeah. It's all about him getting back to his kids. That's heartfelt, man. Yeah. A father yeah. in search of his children. And there's more than that, too. And there's more to come. And there's more to come. More. In oh. Connor's education oh. section. Oh. 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 <laughs> Stay tuned. That's Stay uh, tuned. The main event. <laughs> <laughs> but, um, I gave this movie a 93. Oh, So I was a little more exact, Ooh. I guess. But that's how I felt about the movie overall, entertainment-wise. Um, which is high praise. Just because I'm the lowest of the three <laughs> doesn't mean 93 is a bad score, yeah, okay? Yeah. 93 means amazing, which is just shy of perfect in our rating system. Yeah. So I have very good things to say about this movie. Um, some of the things I liked, I really love the first scene how they set up that entire first sequence mm-hmm. to kind of like, like wet your appetite a little bit with like what this movie's going to be. Yeah. It's them navigating a dream and they're doing the whole extraction bit. It's Cobb at his best doing his, you know, job, Cobb doing his job. <laughs> 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 and, uh, they just do such a good job of setting the scene. I feel like, um, yeah. so first sequence, amazing. I love when a movie has just like throws you right into the action in the beginning, you know, that hook. Um, so excellent hook. I also feel like this is one of Nolan's best movies. I mean, he has so many good ones. All good. Um, But. (laughs) All of them. A reason why I felt this was one of the better ones is because, and I might be the only one who thinks this. um, Mm. I felt like it's one of his easier to understand movies. Yeah. Uh, Like, I think that's kind of a minority. Most people I talk to and hear talk about this movie say it was like, a little confusing and they didn't understand it completely. Um, like even my wife, she wrote in and was like, uh, she likes shutter Island better. Um, because this one was kind of confusing. So shutter still, Island was, shutter Christopher Island was Nolan? not Christopher Nolan. I know it was a Leo movie. Yeah, that's, but, okay. but that's her comparison. She's comparing oh, okay. Leo movies, not Nolan movies, but uh. she mentioned that like the reason why she didn't like this one so much is because it was so confusing. And I was like, really confusing. So I watched this movie in my sleep and I got <laughs> <laughs> Maybe it's because you were asleep. Maybe, yes. maybe that's the secret. <laughs> <laughs> but I feel like movies like Tenet, um, that Tenet one was way more confusing. That was, that than was this one. way more confusing. Way more I yeah, still, I've so seen it above once. your I head. Probably I a little still bit am too confusing. It. It, you know, and there's a speaking of that movie, there's a there's a quote from the movie where they literally say the more you think about it, the less it makes sense. Just like yeah, accept it at face right. value. That's and right. I do appreciate that about Nolan movies that they do make sense. He is very good at writing a complete, cohesive, 
story with no plot holes, no mm-hmm. like, oh, but you didn't explain that. Like he explains everything and it makes perfect sense in this universe that he created, you know? Mm. Um, but I feel like as far as his movies go, this one is a little bit more palatable for the general audiences. Like it's a great movie to go see in the theater and you really enjoy it. Mm-hmm. See, that's so funny because when I went to go see this movie for the first time in the theaters, walked out, walk into the bathroom with this old man. <laughs> we go to the urinal and all of a sudden I hear him muttering to himself. He's like, I didn't understand a dang thing about that movie. <laughs> <laughs> I can't believe I just wasted my time. I was, like, I was like, what? You didn't understand that? I was like, oh, I get it. Yeah, now I get it. Yeah, no. <laughs> Another reason why I thought this movie was amazing was because of the... I don't know if pacing is the word for it, but basically how they oriented the three acts of the movie. So mm-hmm. act one is very intriguing. They're setting up the story. They're, they're just kind of like letting you know what the story's about. And you're like, oh, what is, what is this? What are they doing? What's the, you know, it's like very, you're like drawn in. They're putting a team together. They're putting a team together. Put team. <laughs> I, I'm in. <laughs> and then act two is very exciting because you're, they're, actually doing things they're learning about how to accomplish this great heist and they're um like a lot of things are just like moving the action forward and then in the final act it's very intense like oh so many things are happening the stakes are higher than they've ever been they're they're in three dreams within a dream you know it's like and so intense people are dying and malls showing up and uh, there's just so many Things that are like, it's getting your blood pumped. Like my heart rate was Mm. so high by the end of this movie. And so I just felt like that was really good pacing. You know, it didn't feel all over the place. Like some movies, I hate to crap on Star Wars again, but the Rise of Skywalker was just a complete like vomit. Yeah, the pacing. It it had terrible pacing. It was like super action and then nothing and then boring and then what is this and then weird. And then like, so I appreciate that about this movie that it had really excellent pacing. Yeah. And then the final thing that I love that movies do is whenever they encounter a problem or they make a plan and then when they like try to take that plan through fruition, something happens, something gets in the way of that plan and they figure out like a plan B. And I've mentioned this before somewhat, but like I hate when there's a movie that like, okay, they make a plan and it's like a really well constructed plan. It's really intense and complicated, but it goes according to plan. Like there's no conflict. Like Ocean's yeah. Eleven, or it's or it's like or too convenient Dune. of a of an oh. answer. <laughs> Don't you dare! <laughs> um, if like their their answer to the conflict is like too convenient, and it's like yeah, I I that I hate when movies do that. So, and just thinking what you were saying, Caleb, like this movie, I feel like I'm stressed out the entire time. <laughs> I'm like, God, this better work. What you guys are doing? That's actually yeah. really I can't true. think of yeah. anything else that yeah. would. Yeah. Exactly. You you have to feel like it's going to fail. Yeah. And he made you believe that. Like, oh, what are they going to do with the kick? There's no gravity. You can't kick yeah. him in gravity, you yeah. know? Yeah. Yeah. Or they, Fisher gets killed. What yep. do we do? And you know? It's like, yeah. And like when the, the van, like when the first kick is like about to happen. Um, and they and just the, the levels yeah. of like time that you have to be aware of. Like, okay, if we go another layer deeper, that buys us like even more time, even though in the first level, the van's falling off that bridge and they have that amount of time <laughs> to like make this work. And that to me is stressful. Yes. <laughs> and see, I like the whole idea of 
how he worked out how to implant an idea. Because it wasn't just like, yeah. oh, we have to go to a dream within a dream within a dream and then start the idea there. No, they slowly worked it out from mm-hmm. the very first dream that mm-hmm. they went into. You know, they captured Cillian Murphy. We didn't talk about him. What? Come on. Oh, man. I know. Browning? I know. Yeah. Who? Cillian Murphy? Who's Fisher, that? Fisher, right? Oh, okay, yeah. Fisher. Fisher? Yeah, uh-huh. the, I mean, the, the, the guy that they're in Scarecrow, yeah. Yeah, Scarecrow. Yeah, Scarecrow. That's how I know. <laughs> there you go. I know, that's how I know him, too. <laughs> Peaky blinders, mate. <laughs> yeah. They- <laughs> no fighting. No fighting. Peaky blinders. <laughs> okay. Uh, <laughs> anyways, like, they started it there where they captured him, and then, you know, they had to come up with this whole idea of, we've got to break his, his one good relationship. Yeah. And <laughs> I like how the, Yeah I like that too They're like Oh we'll just say it, He decides to break up his company As a screw you to the old man and He's yeah. like No because Positive emotion Trumps negative emotion Any day It's like Oh I like that And that's a little harder to do mm-hmm. Yeah um, And yeah It was just So well they started with the beginning With him getting captured And kind of like Planting that whole seed And then with the second In the second dream They start to plant it there too and then finally, in the third dream, yeah. is where it all comes to fruition, and they come up with this crazy. Ugh. Yeah, and they kind of do it not on the fly, but like in the first dream, they're doing they're they're um, manipulating it a lot. But in the second dream, they let Browning be a projection. So like, all right, yeah. what's going to happen with him? Like, is he going to go along with the the idea that we're kind of hinting at? Yeah, because it was supposed to be whatever um, Tom Hardy's character made his portrayal be in that first like dream sequence. Yeah. Um, I think he would be, uh, the theory would be he would kind of take on that in the next layer. Yeah. Like I was that, to, that to me, like I'm pick, I picked up on so much more watching it this mm-hmm. time. I'm like, Oh my gosh, which they were supposed to have. What's interesting too is cause I believe they were supposed to have so much more time in the dream sequence yeah. too. He was yeah. like, I was supposed to have all night to crack this. Yeah. That's yeah, really have an hour. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, and they pulled a picture out of his wallet of him with the pinwheel mm-hmm. and the pinwheel was in the safe. So that was not pre-planned before they went into this. That was like, oh, this might be helpful. He like gives it to Cobb. That's like, right. Mm, that's good. Yeah. yeah. So I, yeah, it was just really so well put together. Good plot. Yeah. Good. Great plot. plot. Sweet. Okay. Well that gives our entertainment average uh, 96. So we thought this was Ooh. a near perfect movie when it comes to entertainment. Near perfect. Yeah, I would <laughs> yeah. agree. All right, Connor, it's time for the main event. The main event. Education. <laughs> There's so much pressure. Oh, <laughs> uh, no. Okay, so the next section is education. So the idea of education when we look at a movie is, is there a moral to the story? Does the story have value, worth? Does it teach me something? Does it portray ideas or perspectives in a clear and concise way? Ooh. Or... I guess concise would be a more in a concise way. I think you is like, there, is there depth to the film? Is there something for me to take out of it? Not necessarily. Ex- is it always teaching me something, but is there something to get out of it? <laughs> you explained that in a very clear and concise way. Clear and concise, <laughs> concise and clear. That's my middle name. <laughs> yeah. Um, so for education, I was actually really excited about this because I was listening to something about this movie And as the guys were talking about the movie, something popped in my head, and it, like, blew my mind. Did they incept you? Dude, they... (laughs) 
<laughs> they like incepted me, and I don't even know what inception means anymore because <laughs> Caleb said it doesn't mean a thing within a thing. So <laughs> no. I don't know what that means, but um, no. All right, are you guys ready? Yes. Let's hear it. Let's hear it. Education. Dude, Christopher Nolan incepted everyone that watched this movie. With what? Are you ready? Yes. Okay. Ending of the movie. Spoiler alert. All right. Okay. Go on, Cobb. He incepts Cillian Murphy, Scarecrow, whatever you want to call him. Everything goes great. They wake, like, literally, like, he goes into limbo, gets Sado, pulls him out. Everyone, like, sl- like starts to wake up. They wake up on the plane. They get off. Sado, you know, gives him the nod. He makes the phone call. Um, there's nothing... For you to think that this is a dream right now. There's nothing saying, like, everything is exactly the same mm-hmm. as when they went into the dream. Everyone comes out of the dream. You see the different la- layers of of the drop. I can't remember what they mm-hmm. call it right now. The kick. The kick. The kick. Um, you see the different layers of the kick, and you see everyone wake up. There is no reason for you to think that this is a dream. Yeah. That this is fake. That this is all Cobb's imagination then at the very end Cobb comes up and you know he finally he gets his happy ending he looks out and you see his kids his kids turn around Mm -hmm. and you can see their faces yeah but he right before that he spins the top yeah Yeah. and then Cobb walks off before the you see before he sees what happened was with the top and then it zooms in on the top and you see maybe it starts to shake maybe it doesn't But then it cuts to black. Yeah. Literally, Christopher Nolan incepted us because (laughs) there is nothing at the end of this movie to make us think that this movie is a dream. But until the very end where he zooms in Mm. and he does not, he he gives us that, like, he he draws us in to wait. We're waiting for the top to fall and it cuts to black. Yeah. Leaving us thinking that this, this could be a dream. Could have been a dream. And that's where, like, the moment, the very moment that um, Leo is, like, exiting limbo with Saito, that moment when he wakes up and to the end of the movie, when it cuts to black, that entire sequence is, that's when it starts, like, the, the subjective nature of it starts. Because, like, the dialogue stops. Um, it's all just like nodding and like, I even read somewhere that people were like the, the fan theories that go on and all the, 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 not like conspiracy theories, whatever. Yeah. Um, <laughs> even with like somebody saying like the, uh, um, immigration agent, um, yeah. Or customs agent, like the way he stares at Leo, like they're all questioning, you know, they're, they're looking deep. People mm. are looking deep in this, but there is <laughs> the only, I, I don't know if this would go in this. Um, cause I figured we could probably talk a long time about the ending, but there is <laughs> one clue that gives you its reality. What so is it? So when you see their faces, no. right? Cause you never see the kids faces until, well, there, last. I guess that is one, but there is one clue that, um, it's not even a clue. It's just, it's obvious that it's like, okay, this is reality. What? Michael Caine. Oh yeah. Yes. So, and that really? actually, what? yeah. So that, that probably just ruins it for everybody, but. Um, apparently when Michael Caine was reading the script, he was very, very confused. And so <laughs> Christopher Nolan told him, he was like, okay, when you're in the scene, it's reality. 
Mm. Interesting. Oh. Yeah. Behind the scenes. Yeah. See, I will say too. But is he just telling Michael Caine that and he's really in a dream? Maybe. But maybe see, not. that's what but I'm it saying. Also, yeah. But it also goes so deep, yeah. But also, we could also look at it like this with everybody's reaction to be like, are we in reality and whatnot? Like, that was not, like, that's not meant to be the, um, the ending. Or, yeah, that's not meant to be the operative question. Yeah, that's not meant to be the question when it comes to the end. Like, because in terms of, if you look at Leonardo, uh, Leo's character, with his character arc. Um, cause he's obsessed with like, is this reality? Is it not the entire movie until the very end when he finally sees his kid's face turn around mm-hmm. Yeah, and, he's, and he walks away like that. He, that's, lo- he no he's like, cares. I don't care if it's reality or not. Like I'm yeah. walking away from it. But then with it's like kids. all the viewers are like, is this reality or not? It's like, it gets flipped back onto us, which is, I don't know. It's, there's, you can look at this movie. See, so many yeah. angles, and right? I, I thought of that too is like, that, that's ultimately what he's saying in yeah. the movie. Yeah. Is that, yes, Leo no longer cares if it's a dream or not, but then he's planting the idea, because we weren't thinking that. Yeah. If you're, you're fresh watch, first watch, you are not thinking that this is a dream. All right, only after you see this top that Christopher Nolan freaking incepted my mind, yeah. all right? <laughs> Get out of my mind, man! I will say, that was an amazing way to end it. Like, yeah. that yeah. was really brilliant. And um, another one of our listeners weighed in on what he thinks happens Uh-oh. at the end of this movie. And he says, uh, his name is S.Apples, hmm. says he thinks the spinner never stops spinning. Mm. Really? It's still a dream. He's always But it wobbles, man. Yeah. But you know what? If you look at at when he's in a dream and it's spinning, never does it wobble. It never wobbles. It never wobbles. I know. I've been. been I mean, if I had to say my opinion on whether he's in a dream or not, I would say he's not in a dream. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I would say he's not in a dream, too. But. That you're missing the point, guys. Is that you've <laughs> no, been accepted? You guys have been accepted. No, no, no I appreciate. Cares. I appreciate the point. Yeah, yeah, that's really good. That was brilliant. Hmm. That I like. Literally, that like popped in my head, and I was like, "Whoa, whoa, dude!" Whoa. What was <laughs> so, your score for this? Yeah. Connor? So, what would you score? <laughs> oh then? shoot! Oh yeah, I forgot about that one. Uh, I actually only scored it a 63 out of 100. No what? way! What? After yeah. that, you points? <laughs> Are you kidding me? I will, so you must not have much else to say in this category. I really don't. I mean, like, here's the thing. Like, there's a lot of, I mean, stuff that you can say about different themes and that happen in the movie, like, um, like Cillian Murphy's relationship with his father throughout the whole time. I mean, they could say that they truly, it was like a, for him, they basically did therapy yeah. on him. Yeah, <laughs> it was. It was. I mean, that would be my only takeaway: is that familial reconciliation. It was familial reconciliation and in therapy. If they they took him in here and they brought him through and had him had Cillian Murphy face all of his issues with his father, and then to the very end, facing his father face to face and facing his, mm. you know, and and going forward from there and getting reconciliation. Yeah, and getting. Mm-hmm. An ending to his his pain and his trouble. Yeah, I mean, even that's that's Cobb's story too. He's reconciling with his children. Yeah, at the end. And so, but I mean, I probably could have. I wasn't after the Inception thing. I was like, that's all I need to know. That's yeah. all I need to know. <laughs> all right, that was it, man. Sixty three out of a hundred. Well, wait, wait. Oh shoot, I read the wrong one. 
<laughs> oh man, I just gave you guys a. Oh, is that a little hint? A at little the next hint one? at the next one. Are you <laughs> reading the wrong score? I read the wrong score. <laughs> Wait, so okay, so what is your score then? It's seventy-two. Okay. <laughs> you fool! <laughs> you fool! <laughs> okay. You fool! Down too far. I will say though, that does make a little more sense to me after your explanation. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Seventy-two. 72. Okay. I was like, sixty-three feels low, but that okay. Feels low. I, I wrote it yeah. down for a reason, so I'm gonna. I gotta stick with my guns. <laughs> That's so funny. Well, I gave mm. this an 87 in education. Mm. I thought it was Ooh. actually pretty strong. Um, I mean, this movie is incredibly th- philosophically heavy. Yes. Um, but, uh, I mean, it has, like, so much, so deep. When you're talking about Nolan's writing, he's, like, mm-hmm. he's putting in, like, some Marxist philosophy and some, like, deep, like, uh, Socratic philosophy, like, actual real life concepts that he's like weaving into the fabric of this story. Mm. However, while he's doing that, I wouldn't say the average Joe is picking up on those themes. And that's what we are. We're the podcast for the average viewer. Mm -hmm. So I'm not going to talk too much about the philosophical aspect because honestly, that kind of went over my head. The only reason I'm like aware enough about it is because I care a lot and I do research and I listen to other podcasts and I like, you know, I've, I am, uh, invested enough in this movie that I know, but I don't think the average viewer is like, oh, I really like how he, his take on the concept of human freedom. And, you know, like, so. Yeah, like, yeah I can't read that deep into this movie. Yeah. So <laughs> yeah. I'm not going to go there. I'm just going to go with my take on it um, as far as like the message that I walked away with. And I feel like the overall message for me was the idea of reality versus unreality. Which I think is a very relevant concept to our day um, mm. in real life. I mean, he's choosing a creative way to tell that story through dreams. But I think in a very real sense, we deal with reality and reality on a daily basis. I mean, it's it speaks to the um, man's quest for truth. You know, it's, it's like Cobb is... You know, he's constantly questioning his reality. He's constantly wondering, is this true? Is what I just, what just happened? Is this a dream or not? And am I awake? Am I asleep? Let me check my totem. Like he's um, constantly questioning reality. And Mm. so I feel like that was the big takeaway for me is like, yeah, do like basically seeking truth, seeking after truth in, um, in my own life. So that was kind of my biggest takeaway. Um, I think that there is, I'm not going to go there. There's more philosophy, but to, to end it all, I think that it was a very well told story and it did get that message across to me. Um, and I think that he's very, Nolan is very good at getting his point across, like landing the message. Give me like one, one bit of philosophy. I'm just like intrigued now. Like, like one one little tidbit. Okay. Easy. All right. So. This is going to sound really dumb, but like in my uh, philosophy 101 class in community college, uh, I, I, I went to community college, so I'm right in there as uh, that's the guy from Jingle All the Way. But um, basically, philosophy is very much rooted in what is real, what is not real. Mm-hmm. And, you know, we're questioning is uh, in Am I just like a brain in a tank and this is a simulated reality for me? Is my reality (laughs) based on a creator, like a creative um, being, like a creator God? 
I, am I just a, a happenstance of the world? Am I created from uh, like the earth? And, you know, just all these questions about uh, basically existentialism. How do I exist? What is the nature of my existence? These are philosophical questions. Mm, okay. um, like I remember, I actually thought it was pretty uh, silly when I was in this class and the professor was like, what is life? Am, do, I, do I, does this chair exist? Do I exist? And it was like, <laughs> well, that's a jump. <laughs> like, <Yeah. laughs> like, so I, I feel like that's kind of the philosophical aspect of this is they're, they're dealing with some philosophical questions in this movie. Um, but yeah, if I'm, if I'm getting down to it, I thought that it was just very, a very smart movie, you know, mm-hmm. like you watch some movies and they're just like really kind of dumb. Like, uh, Fast and Furious is a pretty dumb action movie. Like, it's, it's entertaining to the max, but there is no educational substance to this movie. There's not smart. No. It's not thought-provoking. And mm. I feel like Nolan is the king of thought-provoking, so I have to give him an 87 for education because I feel like that's where it falls under. Oof. It's like it's making you think. It's engaging mm. your brain, not just your, your eyes. And, you know, not, it's not just pure entertainment. It's mm-hmm. it's really thought provoking, so, uh, eighty seven. Oh, interesting. What so do you think? I wow. I gave it um, eighty nine. Oh, okay. I I I've I read some of the stuff. I heard some of the stuff of people talking about the phil- the philosophical aspect of this movie. And I'm like I. I think that's looking way too deep. Into I know. I really don't the, think. The, Philosophy is the last thing that comes to mind when when I think of this movie. Like I think there are some way more, you know, interesting movies where philosophy is probably the more present theme. But this is more psychologically engaging in my mind mm-hmm. um, because of like dealing with the subconscious and like messing around yes. inside your your head. And, you know, incepting ideas in there and extracting information that's more psychologically engaging than it is philosophical. Yeah, like leaving right? a spinning top at the end. Yeah, of the like movie. that's, like, yeah. So I think this movie, uh, like, I, I, for me, this movie comes to mind anytime people, like, think of, you know, doing the dream within a dream within a dream. It's like, oh, Inception, right? So, I mean, that might go more into influence, but, um, yeah, I, I just think this, this movie is, yeah, the smarts, like you were saying, Caleb, um, this makes me think a lot, something I really have to work out in my head. Um, there's one other aspect that I was trying to, that I, it's just totally lost me. Um, when it comes to Leo's character, so Cobb, um, or we mentioned already, like, the his like character arc has to do with his children um Mm -hmm. and like how heartfelt that is but also the layers of regret or the element of regret in the movie that he experiences right because his whole dream when um uh the girl she goes down the elevator to like his different levels like those are all moments that he regrets yes right and so like him Ooh. concluding that, um, I can't, I, I'm trying to think if he does kind of, well, obviously at the end when he finally does see his kids' faces and like letting go of Maul, Mal, yeah. 
Um, right. But he actually comes to term. He comes to terms with um, those moments of regret. And that's what he holds on yeah. to the entire time. Yeah, that's that's really good, actually, because that even speaks in a different way. The aspect of embracing reality. Yeah. You know, it's like, OK, on the one hand, you're embracing waking life over dreams. But for him, he's also embracing the reality of the decisions that he's made. He's like, okay, he's always wishing he could go back and change this, Mm -hmm. but he's come to a point in his life where he's like, this is my reality and I'm content with that. That's, Mm -hmm. that's good. Wow. Andy coming up. Whoa. Andy has usurped Connor as the educator. Took me a minute to remember that, but But it was worth it. 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 Yeah. (laughs) Right on. All right. Well, I guess I'm going to kick off our final category of influence which just has to do with the impact of the film, the impact on film, the film industry itself, the impact on the culture, and even personal impact. So how did it impact people who went to see it on a personal level? And I'm just going to get straight to it. I gave this one a 69 because I didn't <laughs> think it was that great. <laughs> but it was almost, almost... Um, Almost awesome. So what made you go with a 69, per se? Because it was almost 70, oh, right? Okay. Almost, yeah. Okay. I thought it was good Trick. influence, but not great. Good, not yeah. great. Yeah. And I think that sums up my feelings. And honestly, I don't have a lot of thoughts on this. I just think that the reason I give it a 69 and not something lower is because I felt like it did have a great influence on audiences as far as reception. It had a really good reception. I've never met somebody who said... Oh, Inception? Inception had a great reception. It, I, I never met somebody who thought Inception, it was... Inception, reception. Yeah. Dom, your mom. <laughs> oh, no, no. Cobb with a job. That's right. We do a lot of rhyming on this yeah. show. Yeah. Um, I've never met someone who didn't like it. And most people actually really like it. It's not even just like, oh, yeah, Inception. It's a great movie. It's a lot of people's like, yeah, 10 out of 10. Would recommend. Or, um, like, for example, our listeners scored it... An average of 85.3 overall, which wow, is... that's really high for that's, a listener really score. Yeah, that's the highest listener score we've had so far. Mm-hmm. So clearly this movie influenced people in some way. So I give it a 69. So I gave it a 95. Whoa! Whoa! Yeah. Are you kidding yes. me? Well, okay. Like, I think when it comes to influence, not only on people, <laughs> like, on. Is it because the genre. Pumpkinception. Yes, that's, yes. That's the reason why. That, yeah, that's a good point. But, like, looking at the influence this had, not only on the, the genre and the industry, but on pop culture, um, like, so many parodies, like Simpsons, uh, South Park. Rick and Morty have all done parodies about like mm. this whole inception idea of inception. That's true. That's and going powerful. Deeper with dream within a dream within a dream and stuff like that. Um, and like again, like I, this is the definitive dream movie. Ooh. Yes. <laughs> um, <laughs> okay. Andy's not crazy. Possibly. <laughs> Maybe. Maybe. But I like again, like just the influence this movie has had on culture in general people always talk about um how just mind-boggling this movie was and there have been a lot of movies that have tried to recreate this one i think the most recent one was just came out this year on hbo max it was called like requiem or something like that um was that with the one Hugh, with Jackman? Hugh jackman yeah mm. oh um, yeah i know what you're talking about 
So I yeah I can't remember what exactly that one was called, but um, it's like reminiscence. That, yeah, yes, yeah, reminiscence. reminiscence. Yes. Yeah, so that one. Yeah, same similar kind of thing where like he's kind of being haunted by this girl in his past, and they have these tanks they use to to dream essentially, right? And um, yeah, that. But while I was watching that movie, I'm like, oh, this movie is just basically Inception. <laughs> oh. <laughs> like that's that's kind of what I say, and I hear I, I I think I hear a lot of people say similar things like, oh, this is trying to be Inception or something like that. Mm. So. Um, yeah, I gave this, I think it's a solid 95. Um, I, I can't see how you would grade this like super low for influence because uh, like exploring this idea of your subconscious and like entering into a subconscious, I, I just can't think of any movie prior to this one where somebody's done it Yeah, like to this level and like portraying it in this way to that like kind of set the standard for how it is today. Cause I feel like this, this definitely kind of does that. Yeah. This movie does that. I would say, okay, first of all, I mean, I gave you a hint to my score on influence. Oh yeah. It's going to be, Oh, a, I, t- I totally thought you already gave 69? your thoughts even. <laughs> Wait, really? <laughs> yeah. Oh, come on. Come on, man. <laughs> That's the end. Uh, yeah, we're done. <laughs> hey, hey, hey. Um, so 63 out of a hundred. All right. So still a good influence score. Not great. But my thing about it is, I mean, I agree with Caleb where most of his influence was on people itself. No, not so much of the greater culture and cinema. And I feel like Christopher Nolan is going to be influencing just him and his directing style in itself is doing more influence than Inception by itself. So if that makes any sense, Hmm. if you agree with that. But Mm -hmm. where I do think that influence comes in is more of where is more important of what it draws influence from. Mm -hmm. And one thing that I really Mm -hmm. liked of what it draws influence from is the concept of planting an idea in the mind. So, for instance, like you go back a couple of decades ago and people were worried about subliminal subliminal messaging being planted in commercials. And, you know, you play the the disc, the, you know, your record backwards and it says come to the devil or something, (laughs) you know, and there's all of this stuff that people were so worried about, like of these messages being planted into the mind. And they've done research of these subliminal messages too of, of like people of like stores used to like play these like underlying messages like overhead and Mm. of like, Oh, buy more Cheetos and, (laughs) and it would work and Mm. people would buy it. And so, um, I can't quote, quote that study, but there's a study out there. Mm -hmm. All right. I can't reference it. (laughs) You do the research. (laughs) You got to do it. But there, I I swear there's stuff out there. Hey, Um, he said it on a podcast. So it's true. So it's gotta be real. (laughs) All right. Um, and where this comes in, man, I mean, this Mm -hmm. takes that idea and takes it to the next level. I mean, think of, uh, we mentioned it before, like now we have it in pop culture and within relationships of gaslighting. Of like some gaslighting is someone saying to something or someone 
Disproving? Oh, I don't know. It, no, it's it's someone. It's like, making someone else question their own reality. Yes, that's it. Sorry, someone um, making someone else question their own reality. What did Dom do to Mal slash Maul? He mm-hmm. made her question her own reality mm-hmm. by putting the spinning top in her safe in her mind, and so. Like that is so something where that's come from is where our society has taken this and these these planting this idea message and giving it such a reality in this mm-hmm. movie. And so mm. drawing that influence, I don't feel like it's a very strong influence on society itself, which mm-hmm. is why I didn't give it a great score. But I did feel like it was worth mentioning where. Yeah. Wow. Its own influences. Mm. Man, look at Connor finding his new category. Wow. King of Influence. Clap, clap, clap. Yeah. Look at shit. <laughs> the Connor Clears are back. Yeah, hashtag Connor yeah. Clears. <laughs> <laughs> All right, guys. Are you ready for the final score then? Drum roll, please. <gasps> we gave this movie an 84.8. Where's that place in our movies? That means, well, 84.8. 84.8 means it is awesome. It's an awesome movie. Awesome. And this might make some people sad, but it actually beat out Jaws for the number two place. That that was my intention because I I was telling Connor this before we started recording. I was like, I like this movie better than Jaws, but not as good as Empire Strikes Back. That's well. That's Ooh. exactly where that's we where found it. At. Yeah, perfect. Jaws was eighty four point three, so it beat out by just half a point. Wow. Yeah, that's I swear, amazing. if I had been on it on that Empire episode, oh. shot down. Oh. This well, at least zero. At least <laughs> Empire didn't even break the nineties, though. Still, true. so yeah. I know it's true. We still have yet to find that that Perf- amazing, amazing movie. Perfect. That but that ninety. Oh, but yeah, I actually amazing. feel really great about that because we're only half a point off of our listener score. They gave it a little better with eighty five point three. I'm like, wow. wow. We got our they finger actually- on the pulse of the people, man. <laughs> we know exactly how to grade these movies. Yes. I feel confident. Yes. We have broken the code, guys. We have literal proof yes. right here. Yep. Proof. Right. Just like my study that I talked about earlier. The, according to the seven people that responded to our poll, <laughs> that is the definitive score. We okay? are the, they are the people. Yes. yes. You are our the people. pulse of society. Okay. Oh, man. Great. Well, I'm actually really happy about that, too, because... Yeah. It was, it's nice to get a movie that's like up there. And I think mm-hmm. this one deserved it for sure. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I agree. So I, I actually yeah. have a question for you guys. Yeah. So, Caleb, you mentioned before that you love knickknacks in movies, right? Oh, the You're, totems? The totems. So, yeah. Or like so props? What, yeah, yeah, props. Props. Yes. So, what if you guys, what would your guys' totems be? Um, I, mine would be, I feel like a poker chip would be a cool one because they're weighted a certain way. And I feel like I could actually do something with that. Um, and, I have a, a random theory too that, like in the movie, Tom Hardy's character, he's you know they first meet him playing poker and he mm-hmm. cashes in. I think his totem is a poker chip because when he goes to cash in, he puts them all the chips on the counter to cash in, but then he grabs one of them before they like actually catch. Like, oh, that was, that was my totem, you know? Yeah. So I'm like, mm-hmm. oh, I want to be like Tom Hardy. I want to have a poker chip totem. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> interesting. I feel like a hair comb would be a cool one too, maybe. I don't a know. Hair comb. Oh, that would actually be really cool. Yeah. Yeah. What would yours be? I would need something like fidgety. Like something that moves a, a lot. Fidget spinner. Like <laughs> I actually thought about like a fidget spinner or like 
I was thinking some like some balls, you know, <laughs> like <laughs> like like Tron, like when he's like he uses like these weird like light up balls to like uh, move the stage. Yes. That'd be yes. pretty cool, actually. Like, like some, like, not I some balls. I just I want, want some balls. balls. I want, I want balls. some balls to handle, okay? Balls. <laughs> no. You know what? Some, like, metal, some, like, some, like, metal ball. Like, on my head, I'm thinking, like, you know the little clicky-clack thing that you hit one end and yeah. it goes, boom, Little boom, balls? Little, little balls? A mail plane. <laughs> <laughs> I would choose kind of ram- a pen, because I do like to... to <laughs> Clicky, just click. No, no, like to twirl it in between my fingers. Oh, there mm-hmm. you go. Yeah. And I feel like that'd be something that like would be easy to um, feel that weight difference or whatever. Yeah. Sweet. Maybe Ooh. marble. Well, balls. speaking of balls. <laughs> yeah. Speaking of balls. You know what? You know what I would really like? Uh-oh. A couple extra balls and an extra finger. <laughs> what is that? What from? is that from? <laughs> That's from you play with your balls too much. <laughs> And you guys don't know because you haven't seen this movie, but the next movie we're reviewing is called Planes, Planes, Trains, and Automobiles. Automobiles. And that's what we're going to be reviewing next week. Is that a quote from Planes, Trains, and Automobiles? (laughs) Yeah, it's one of the best quotes ever. Oh, you play with your ball. No, the best quote ever is, hey guys, look, it's a mail plane. Oh, really? How do you know that? A lot of great ball quotes. Because of the little little balls. All right. Well, thank you guys for staying to the end. Uh, we got a little vulgar there at the end. Yeah, but, sorry, about, uh, sorry that about, was, about that. That was my bad. Cover guys. your children's ears. Uh, <laughs> in so, the past. So, sorry, I guess. Dad. I, sorry, Dad. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Well, yeah. We'll see you guys next week. Um, did we ever find out who? Uh, what mall is short for? Is she Mallory? I told you it's Mallory. 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 Mallory.